0: Who am I that the highest king Would welcome me I was lost but he brought me And oh his love for me Oh his love
1: Welcome to Haven Community Virtual Church. It's uh, glad that you're joining with us again. Sorry that you're not here with us, um, but we are continuing to go on. What a great uh, word for us that is today that I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am, and I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Let's begin today with a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you that you are a loving Father and that you love us so much that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us not forget that in the rest of this world, when everything just seems to be uh, a little, a lot off kilter, that God, we recognize that you love the world so much that you sent your Son. And wherever we are today, whether we are wiping sleep from our eyes or whether we've been up for hours. Whatever it may be that we have joined together in this worship service, that where two or three are gathered, so are you. And so God, as we are part of Haven Community Virtual Church right now, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will just move in the midst of all of us and that we will, uh, we will find a commonality in you even until we get to be together again, that we will worship and just share your word. God, let us talk to each other online. Let us talk to each other together. But mostly, let us talk to you during this time of worship. And let us worship like if we were here. And so, God, we give you praise for all things. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. All right, at this time I want to go ahead, our Haven Community Church uh, praise team is going to go ahead and lead us in a song. Stand up if you're able to. Sing to the uh, top of your lungs. Raise the roof as we sing this song, Rooftops.
0: Truth, knowing that your perfect grace has brought me to this place.
1: Hopefully you woke up the neighbors with worshiping God and shouting to the rooftops. Um, we have a couple things that we want to touch on with our prayer list, some that have come in. Um, by, by all means, uh, go ahead and submit those online. Go ahead and also, if you're in Facebook right now, lift those up as part of the prayer messages now. Um, and maybe we can touch on them, but we will definitely get them, uh, if we don't touch on them today, we'll definitely touch on them and get them out to our prayer list to be praying for individuals. Uh, Donna Wigum. Ask for prayers for her sister-in-law, Judy, who had a breast biopsy on Friday. And we're praying that the cancer is not back, and she gets test results on Wednesday. So be praying for her sister-in-law. And also for her husband, Bill. Um, his test came back, and he'll need to get another MRI. And they'll have some decisions, and they trust that God is in control. So be with um, Donna and Bill there. Uh, we also want to continue to lift up the medical staff. Uh, and also people in research and development and those who are going ahead and doing things to go and fight this, uh, to find a vaccine or a cure for this COVID-19. Um, we, we, One of the things that we do see is many um, doctors have succumbed by helping others and nurses, etc. So we want to go ahead and lift them in your prayers. Stephanie Waddell asked for prayers for Chris Barkley. Um, she is a colon cancer survivor that is fighting pneumonia, and there was an incidental uh, uh, finding of a spot on her lungs. So, continue to lift her in your prayers. And again, we want to lift up uh, John Prentice, uh, Melissa, hu- um, excuse me, Melinda's husband, as his complications with MS um, have come to the forefront. So, we want to lift him in your prayers. Again, continue to lift everybody in your prayers um, and those in your neighborhoods, ma- uh, many people in our communities as we deal with this very, very uh, unusual time. Uh, so let's go to Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we come to you once again and we're lifting up for people who are in need. Um, particularly God, this time we want to lift up the names of the Wiggum family for Donna and Bill with uh, tests and other kinds of things. For sister-in-law Judy, um, God, we know that you know the specifics to all these things, and we just pray that your hand will be in the midst of all of them and bring healing and restoration. Uh, to Steph, uh, for Chris Barkley, who was lifted up by Stephanie Waddell, God, we know that she, you have been uh, a healing presence in her life already, and we just pray that you'll continue to bring healing and restoration that um, nothing will be wrong and that you will be there with her through this process. For uh, John, continue to be with him. And again, God, for all those who are on the front lines of fighting this virus, um, for those who are dealing with the illness and the sickness thereof, for those of us who are afraid that when when we're dealing with the allergies of the season and we're not quite sure where it will be, just bring peace and restoration and healing to your land and we'll give you all the praise, glory, and honor for all things. In your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, we do have a few announcements. We are gonna continue today with our series on who is Jesus. But before that, uh, I wanna thank many of you. You have been giving online to Miriam's uh, table and Miriam's table. They will appreciate that. Continue to go ahead and give online if you'd like to. But some of you, many of you have these in your house. You've probably moved them from point A to point B. Uh, Go ahead and wipe them down with a a Lysol wipe or some uh, things, move them to another place. But um, we can't wait till the time that we bring those back in. So the first Sunday we come back, we're gonna go ahead and ask you to bring those in. We'll collect that and that will go uh, as children in the are are still hungry, but your giving is definitely helping out there. So thank you for continuing your support there. I had had an opportunity this week to speak with uh, Pastor Oog. They are lifting us up in prayers, and they are are praying for us with the challenges that we're dealing with, and and we continue to pray for them down there with any challenges that they have. Many of you are receiving and using our Haven Kids uh, Sunday School curriculum. Hopefully you're using that, receiving that um, today. Feel free to share that. We want to make sure anybody who wants to can go ahead and do that. And we're really excited about the options for you to do that as well and to do things with Haven um, Kids online since we can't be here. Again, focusing, people are connecting uh, through Zoom to our Bible study and they're going well, feel free to continue and connect with those. You can find more information about that On our web page at havencc.org, and then um, the other thing is text and email updates. We talked about this. Several of you have gotten um, connected with that. This week we sent out a special message, and that I sent out a video that I did at at my home, telling you about several things um, that are that are coming up. But you definitely need to get connected either through text, through email, um, and that way we can make sure you get those right away. Uh, We also want to thank you again for your online. And giving we can only do church through your gifts we can only help this world through your gifts and you're making it possible for that uh and also this week i want to draw your attention we know that we are in the midst of COVID-19, that is all around the world, and by doing so, as part of the video that I put out, and if you missed that video, go to our website, our webpage, or you can go ahead and check out on Facebook. We have that video in both places, but on athavencc.org, on the front page, you can scroll down, and we have a COVID uh, information page, as you can see probably right now up on the screen. Um, from You go to www. Havencc.org, scroll down to the COVID information page and it says, uh, watch Pastor Jack. It's the message that I gave this week. When you go there, there are several different resources and several other things of updates. Uh, The video this week, I shared that we do have this page. At the bottom of the page, we also have some things recognizing those who are, um, like, we can't meet every need, obviously, but if there's some that are really struggling and are struggling more so during this time, um, we want to see if we can make a difference or connect people to the right avenue. So this is a great resource page that we hope you'll connect to and be part of. Um, Our leadership met via Zoom, and we're excited. We we recognize that we may not be together during Holy Week and um, during um, our Easter service. We're hoping, but we doubt it. And so we're also coming up with some other plans to have those three special services of of uh, Palm slash Passion Sunday, our Good Friday service, which many people love, and it's become such a staple of our ministry and our church, and following that up with our Easter service um, that we want to go ahead and, and bring some interesting things and some fun things there as well. In the midst of this week, we also have joined with thousands of other churches around the world, Um, with Unite 7.14. And if you can see right here, Unite 7.14 is based off of the verse from 2 Chronicles 7.14. And on your screen, you can probably see that it says, If my people... Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And um, this week I was just I had come across some videos that showed in Italy the how. Everything's cleaned up and, you know, how, how the land is actually healing in many ways. And we're praying for a healing from this virus. I want to share with you a video by Pastor Chris Hodges of uh, the Church of the Highlands in Alabama, who has been the point person to kind of link people together for Unite 714. Watch this video clip.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Hodges, pastor of Church of the Highlands in Alabama and one of the founders of ARC, the Association of Related Churches. In the wake of COVID-19, all of us know that people are overwhelmed, hurting, scared, and even dying. Global healthcare systems are reeling. Schools and borders are closing. Businesses are shuttering. And churches have now moved to gathering online only. Now, what should the response of the church be in times like these? Well, if there's one mandate from God, I believe it's found in 2 Chronicles 7.14, that if my people... Who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray seek my face turn from their wicked ways then will i hear from heaven forgive their sin and heal their land we need that and that's what we're gonna do on march 19th i was privileged to be on a phone call with many prominent ministry leaders from all over the nation to discuss how we can unite our churches together in prayer we all share one heart to unite and see the worldwide body of Christ resourced and activated to pray against this pandemic. Through the prayers of the United Church, the Capital C Church, this virus can be halted. And as a result, lives will be healed, hardships will be mitigated, people will come to Christ, and God will pour out His Spirit. We're asking churches to come together across denominational lines to join with us in prayer in your services. We're asking individuals to unite daily in prayer at 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. You can learn more at Unite714.com. I truly believe that we will hear from heaven and God will heal our land. God bless you.
1: As part of this um, connection, to thousands of churches, thousands upon thousands of churches. We at Haven Community Church have also connected with, um, with them. And on our website, um, through the COVID-19 page, we have a thing that says Unite 714. And on that, every week we will be putting up, I believe today's the last day for this one, but we have another one coming up that um, has a series of prayers. And as uh, Pastor Chris Hodges mentioned, every day we're asking the church the body of Christ across denominational lines, across governmental lines, across borders, to go ahead and unite as the body of Christ, and to just pray these prayers. Um, that this prayer that we have here, this one right here. And so I'm gonna um, before we begin the service today, I'm gonna go ahead and start with that prayer to show you um, what's on this sheet and just to go through it. I thought it was interesting though. Uh, everybody's talking about Second Chronicles seven fourteen, but at the very this is after Solomon. Uh, dedicated the temple to the Lord. He made this new temple and asked God's presence to inhabit it. And one and Solomon finished. And then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon, and in verse 12 said, "I have heard your prayer, and I've chosen in this temple as a place for making sacrifices." And then in verse 13 it says, "At times I might shut up the heavens so no rain falls, or might command locusts to devour your crops, or might send plagues." among you, or might send, and it says, and then if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. So uh, some versions of the scripture say pestilence or, or disease, and so we recognize that's what's here right now in our world. So we're going to join together right now, humble ourselves, and pray, and pray that the Lord will hear from us, and let's pray right now. Lord, you are a heavenly father. You rule and reign over all the earth. Nothing takes you by surprise. Despite the overwhelming implications of COVID-19, you promise all things work together for good. Today, our hope is not in the governments of the world. Our hope is in you. And so, Lord, thank you for the power of your name. And heavenly father, we are asking you for your glorious kingdom to come into a broken world as COVID-19 produces uncertainty around the globe. May millions of people in every nation find healing, safety, security, and salvation as they turn to you in repentance and faith. And Lord, we want to thank you for your salvation. Lord, also in an hour when resources are scarce, we thank you for giving us our daily bread. We cry out to you, Provide for our friends, neighbors, and all those hurting in the world. Give supernatural strength, protection, and wisdom to the doctors, nurses, caregivers, scientists, government officials, and spiritual leaders battling this crisis. And so, Lord, we thank you for your provision. Lord, we, and I ask for your forgiveness, your forgiveness for sins that are hindering my relationship with you. Cleanse me of my unbelief, selfishness, and unrighteous anger. I forgive those who offended me, and we cry out for our world to turn to you in repentance. And so, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, do not let us be tempted to live in fear, panic, and cynicism, but deliver us from the effects of COVID-19, for we unite in faith with millions of other Christians all around the world, and we ask you to eradicate COVID-19 from our planet and bring revival and awakening to the nations of our world. For Lord, we thank you for delivering us from evil. In your name we pray, amen. And that is what we're asking everyone to do every day at 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m., and join with millions of others. All around the globe, who are doing exactly that in reference to the promises that God has for us today, okay um, we are that 's it with the announcements. I know we had several of them, um, and it 's good to have several announcements, even when you can 't be together and have the church open for several things we 're going to go ahead and join in with our our next uh, section of our series called "Who is Jesus?" Our theme verse here is from first Corinthians. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And let's take a look here what it says. It says, You'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you, I did not try to impress you with polished speeches or the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. And that's what I've wanted to do in this series. I wanted to keep it plain and simple. I wanted to go ahead and cut through all the other stuff. And Plain and simple. First, who Jesus is and what he did. Jesus crucified. And in this season, as we get closer and closer to the season of Easter, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, the one thing that we want to do is there's a lot of things going out there talking about who is Jesus and what we want to do is cut through it all and get to the heart of who Jesus is and what he did and that is Jesus crucified. So, Week one, we talked about how Jesus is my BFF, my best friend forever. And, we, and if you missed that, by all means, go back ahead and check, uh, go back behind, I guess it would be, and check out that, uh, that video um, and that, that worship service together, which was actually the last time we gathered together in one place. Uh, two weeks ago, I shared the message, Jesus, my miracle worker, Jesus, as my miracle worker, and it seemed to be very fitting that God had us have that that first week where uh, we were being hit with this uh, COVID-19. Last week, Debbie did a great job by bringing to us Jesus, the teacher, and one of the things that stuck in my head from that whole week message was the fact of loving each other unconditionally as Christ would love us. And so today, we're going to talk about, and I know I kind of say this every week, but particularly, one of my my favorite illustrations of who Jesus is. One of my favorite metaphors ever for who, describing Jesus, is the shepherd. And I almost called it the shepherd, but I really wanted to go to my shepherd, because that's who he is. And so, in order to do this, I want to share with you what Jesus said about being my shepherd. It was actually his favorite, um, his favorite statement for himself. And let's look at the scripture from John chapter 10, where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, when we're talking about the thief, we are talking about Satan. And Jesus says, that's what he wants to do. He wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. But then Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that is probably one of the greatest quoted verses of scripture, that section. I have came that, come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then Jesus answers the statement, and I mean says the statement, he says, I am the good shepherd. Now one of the interesting things there about saying he is the good shepherd also lets us know that there are bad shepherds as well. And so in this, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. It's his favorite term for himself. And often Jesus liked to use the illustration of I am the good shepherd, and he said that we are the sheep or the flock. We're the flock. See, there's several metaphors when we look at scripture. There are several different metaphors for Christ and the church. One of those is that the church is a family that's based off of relationships. And in talking with several people this week, uh, face-to-face through, uh, through a connection, or also on the phone, or in different ways, um, one of the consistent things I hear about people that they miss the most believe it or not, is not my wonderful singing or my my great sense of humor and dog jokes that I gave. They definitely don't miss those. But what people tend to miss the most is the fellowship, the connection of relationships. And fellowship or koinonia is another one of the areas that uh, that's used in scripture to describe the body of Christ. And so as I look at many empty chairs, I think, oh, right there's where Chris sat. Right there's where my family usually sits. Right back here is, uh, is where Bonnie Racine used to sit. And I'm looking around the room and thinking, okay, that's where the Edwards uh, kids are. And right up here is where Justin is. And, and then there's uh, other people in the back. And I miss seeing those people, and I miss that fellowship that we have there. And so, what do we talk about when we have a family? We talk about relationships. Some of you, over the last couple of weeks, have found out how good or how bad your family relationships are by not getting away from people for a while, that just looking at each other for so long. Some of you have played board games that you didn't even realize you had. Some of you have had meals that you didn't know you had. Some of you have gotten on each other's nerves and you, guess what? You've gotten on their nerves. But family is about relationships, and fellowship is about unity, about unity. And that's one of the other illustrations <coughs> that's talked about, the body of Christ. We talk about the body, and the body is important because the body talks about everybody finding their part and their connection in the whole unity of the church, and so that's what's so important about finding your spot or your connection. It's very interesting. And I love this metaphor of the shepherd, as we're going to talk about today, because in Psalm 100, David wrote this in Psalm 100, verse 3, he says, Know that the Lord is God, it is He who made us, and we are His, we are His people. And look at this metaphor which I think is one of the best for us. We are the sheep of his pasture. So wherever you are right now in your home, I want you to give out, I've done this before, but you're so good at it, and I want you to go ahead and give your best sheeple imitation. Ready? Go ahead, do it really loud. Everybody, one, two, three. There you go, Bye. go ahead. Wake people up if they're not up by going, bah, like that. And there's a lot of things about sheep that are similar to us. The other reason why I love this metaphor of Jesus as the good shepherd and us as the flock or sheep is because of simply this. In the New Testament and in the Bible, the word closest in English to shepherd besides the word shepherd, it's pastor. It's pastor. That you're supposed to to do that. And in the New Testament, pastor and shepherd are used synonymously time and time again. So what this is saying, when we look at this, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he's saying, I am the good pastor. He's a good pastor. Not not a preacher, not a, a priest, but a pastor. Not a minister, but he's a pastor. He's there to love and to encourage and to strengthen and to align. And so we see those metaphors of a pastor shepherd throughout here. And if you want to see that so many times in life, one of the things that we need, we all need a pastor, whether we like it or not. I need a pastor as a a pastor myself, but I also need the good pastor, the greatest one who is Jesus. If you want to see where these two worlds come together, Peter does a great job of it in the epistle, the letter that is entitled with his name, 1 Peter 524, where he says to everybody here, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. And that's for me as a pastor. Be shepherds of those under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing. <coughs> as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. Look at what he says there. I see, sadly, we've seen throughout history that many people who've stood in the role of pastor may be looking out for self financially or other means, not very eager to serve, And tend to lord over by having a master's of divinity or something like that. But he says, no, that's not the job of the pastor. It's to be an example to the flock. And then look at what it says here. And when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade. So what they're talking about when Jesus returns, and that's going to be one week of our message That who is Jesus, he is coming again. So, this is the goal of today's message. The goal of today's message is I want you to know the chief and good shepherd, who is Jesus. You know, because we are a lot like sheep. You know, sheep are mentioned some 200 times in Scripture more than any other animal. You know, dogs are mentioned. Uh, 44 times in the scripture. And you know how many times cats are? Zero. So that tells you dogs are more heavenly than cats. But what we look at here is that there's a lot of similarities and challenges of being sheep. And some of these relate very well to us, maybe in our walk or maybe as the body of Christ. Or as the flock of Christ, should I say. There are four challenges. One of the things is sheep get lost very easily. Now, right now in your homes, you're probably looking at your husband who doesn't want to go ahead and use a GPS or ask for directions anywhere. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about sheep get off path very easily. In Isaiah 53, Isaiah said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. If we had a room here today, how many of you have ever started a relationship with Christ started a, a journey and really felt like you were on fire for the Lord just to get off a little bit. Think about these New Year's resolutions we had this year. How many you got off a little bit on your New Year's resolution? How many, of us, how many of us got off on our resolution with God time and time again? So we're like sheep. We get lost very easily. One of the other things is sheep are defenseless. <coughs> if you have a fang, a claw, if you swoop down, all sheep do is go, back off, back off. That's all they can do, just ple- this bleeding sheep. They can't do anything. What are they going to do? Make you feel warm and fuzzy as they, with their wool? Are they going to just stand there? Sheep have no little to no defenses, <laughs> and so they're defenseless. They need to depend on someone else. Much like we are. We are told we are defenseless against our enemy, Satan, without Jesus. Sheep are also, and I think this is so good for us, are very, very stubborn. Sheep never go in reverse. They always push forward, even if it's to their own detriment. They have to be guided. We're going to talk a little bit more about them being guided. There is no reverse on a, on a sheep. And I, if I was here, if you were all here today, I'd ask you this question. How many of you have ever been around somebody stubborn that is involved with a church? Okay, and many of you have and many of us are those people. Um, sheep are also this, they're filthy. Now, I'm not saying you guys stink or are filthy, but what I'm saying is they will not and they cannot clean themselves. They can't do it. <coughs> and so, just like us, we are filthy with, the, with sin and we cannot clean ourselves up. No matter how good we are, no matter how great we are, no matter how philanthropic we are, those things are great, and good things in this world, but that still does not remove the stain of sin upon our lives. The only person that can do that is our good shepherd. And with sheep, the only person that can clean them is the shepherd. And so what we find out here is sheep need a shepherd. And guess what? So do you and I. We need the good chief shepherd. So when we talk about the shepherd, I have to go to this verse. I have to go here. It's one, sadly, that we mainly only hear now at uh, funerals, but it's one of the most powerful verses and one of the ones that many people have just completely memorized over the years. <laughs> and for doing so today, I wanted to go ahead and go to Psalm 23, or it's become known the 23rd Psalm, and I even put it up in the King James English. Now, I did it in... New King James, um, not the old King James, because many of us memorize it that way. But what I want you to do is wherever you are, I want you to read it aloud. Notice I didn't say a soft. I want you to read it aloud, everybody together. So if the family's there, somebody went to go, go get some donuts or something, tell them to get back. And I'm going to go ahead and I want the whole family to go ahead and read this aloud. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I said, this verse uh, is just, you got to talk about it when you talk about the shepherd. Several years ago, there was a man who wrote a book called, Shepherd's Guide to the 23rd Psalm. If you're looking for some reading, go ahead and uh, look it up online. You can probably have it delivered um, by Amazon, or you probably can download it to your Kindle or whatever else. It's a great book where they unpack each of these things. And I love the way, like I said, I was going to talk about the shepherd, (coughs) who is Jesus, the shepherd. But I love the way that Psalm 23 shares this, when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, it's about knowing him intimately. Knowing Jesus not only as this person here, but knowing him here. And isn't that what we're doing in this series? In this series, we're trying to cut through all the stuff that religion and everything else has been, cut through it all to get to the point of who Jesus is and what he did. And who is Jesus? In my life, Jesus is my shepherd, my pastor, the one that loves me, he gave his life up for me. And I want more than anything the church and everybody to know my shepherd and know him intimately. So after I take this drink, we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at some attributes of the shepherd here today. Number one, my shepherd. My shepherd provides. My shepherd provides. <laughs> when we look in the 23rd Psalm, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want now I have to look at this and you got you got to understand grammatical deals because as a kid I heard the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want basically like the Lord's my shepherd I don't want him but notice the semicolon that's there it is the Lord is my shepherd I don't I don't want for anything is what it's saying he's everything that I need I lack nothing some of your translation, modern translations say, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And you say, well, wait a second, Jack. Oh, time out, time out. You don't understand right now, I'm lacking some stuff. I've had times where I've been financially constrained. I've had times where I've needed healing. I've had times where I've needed comfort. And so there are times that, I'm need, that I need things. And if he is my shepherd, how can you say I, I, I lack nothing? Because at those times, and, and I also have been one, who at times in my life have needed I've been in financial need at times. I've been in emotional need more than I'd like to like to admit to. I've been in spiritual need at times. And needed that. And yet, in those times, it was those times that I realized how great my shepherd is. It was those times that helped shape me, those times that helped develop my character. Those times that when I went through stuff that God proved he is faithful in all things. Let me ask you, have you ever worried about something? If if you're watching on Facebook Live, if you have ever worried about something, go ahead and say, name one thing that you've worried about in your life. And I started thinking about my kids. And I started thinking about me as a kid. You know, kids never worry about anything. Like for instance, my kids have not one day in their life ever sat in the room or in the family room, wringing their hands, going, do we have enough to have dinner? Do, do we have enough water that I can shower? With? Do, what, what are we going to do? My kids have never said, wow, oh, do we have enough to worry? And what they didn't know is there were times where as, uh, as parents, Melissa and I were like, oh my gosh, it's tight this month. We're not, how are we going to be able to pay for this? How are we going to be able to do that? And we might have been wringing our hands, but our kids had no idea about those things. Kids just show up, flop down, eat, and then many times jump right back up and let you take care of the plates. We have a saying in our house, and the, my kids that are at home right now probably get it, that when you leave something around, I would scream, Elf! And, they, and they're, they're probably laughing right now, but I'd say elf. And what that was is because it started when they would leave their plates laying around, and I would say, do you think a little elf is going to come in and wash that thing? And so all I have to do now is yell, elf. They pick it up. They go clean it, hopefully, or else I have to say, get down here and clean that up. But they know they never worry. They've never worried in their life about that those meals are going to come. Because they are provided for us. Several years ago, um, just actually just a couple years ago, we were talking with the kids, and we were, uh, Melissa and I were, were actually laughing about how difficult it was when they were young. The older ones were young. Um, we had little to nothing. Uh, in the words, in the, in the um, means of finances. We made it, barely. We had bills at the wazoo from school loans. We had bought cars. Um, we were living in a parsonage early on, but then we went ahead and, and got a mortgage. So just to let you know, every ounce of what we had, there were months where I had to go to the church treasurer and say, can I get my check a little bit early? Is it possible I can get it a little bit early? And it wasn't anything to write home about. Trust me, my first year in ministry, I made a whopping $14,800 in 1996. Okay, so it was not, it was not uh, grandiose by any, any means. And there were times where we were just like, how are we going to make this? It was through rela- it was through relationships and other things that my kids were involved in things like dance and and uh, sports and other kinds of things. Other people stepped in and helped out there. The fellowship, the flock, made it happen. But ultimately, ultimately, my good shepherd took care of everything. And it was interesting. My my daughter Emigale said, "We never ever knew." And I said, "I know you didn't because for them." Mom and dad had it taken care of. And yet in our lives, there are so many times where we live in trying to do it myself. I want to do it myself. We're that sheep that I want to do it myself. I want to do it myself. I want to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. And we end up in a a situation where we're lacking because we forgot that the Lord is my shepherd. And because he is, I don't have to worry about anything because he takes care of everything. In Philippians chapter 4, this verse says, And my God... Will meet all your needs. Notice it says all your needs according to his ri- glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God just wants to provide for you. So you say, How do I get that to happen? How do I get that to happen? Number one, by being his child, by being his sheep, you are. My children, I provide for my children because they're my children. However, as my kids have gotten older, I've shared with them certain things. As long as they've entered the college age and that that age of where college, work, military, that kind of stuff, I've said, you are welcome to live here and I will help provide certain areas for you. And as they've gotten older, they provided different things for themselves. But I've said, the moment you stop and decide you don't want to do anything, then I'm going to let you be on your own. In other words, the moment that you're in, and and parents right now are saying, okay, I understand this. We all remember when we turned 18 and we figured we had everything figured out, and that magic number meant that we were free to do everything. I remember I did too. But one of the things I learned very quickly is that I still needed my parents to help provide for me for a while, to help do that, until I was able to reach a point in my life where I could provide for myself. So how long does this relationship happen? As long as the relationship is right, pure, and good. And as long as my kids are heading in a positive direction and heading in a direction that is, um, is going to answer their calling that God has placed on their life, I am always going to be there to help provide for them. Even as I was older, when I came down to get my house and everything, I had to borrow money from my grandmother, and my grandmother gave me money in order that I was able to do that. She helped provide even as I was an adult. And so there are those moments. We all need, and we've all had pastors. People who have been pastors in our lives. And so, but when we want to go on our own way and do our own thing, we have to end up into that tough love perspective where we let people live that way. So the first thing that we want to look at is my shepherd provides. (laughs) Number two, my shepherd restores, restores, shepherd restores. There's learning and growth in this. Many of us will walk through difficulties. And most of us just need seasons of restoration. There are times where we just need to stop the world and we just need to restore to ourselves, Look at what it says here in Psalm 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He does what? He restores my soul. Notice that it says, he makes me lie down. Why? Because guess what? You wouldn't if he didn't make you. One of the things that's very interesting is... Sheep rarely lay down. And the only way sheep lay down is if three things are met in their lives. Sheep will lay down if they're well fed. Anybody ever have a big meal and decide it's time to lay down? They lay down when they're well fed. They lay down when they're getting along. If they're fighting with each other, that needs to be broken up, and then they'll lay down. And the third thing is when they feel safe. When they feel safe. How do you get full? The green pastures. The green pastures are where sheep went to eat in these green pastures. Getting along, it means it requires us to get unity together with each other in the flock and to be not afraid because our good shepherd is our defender. You know, when you look at these things, the still waters, why? because sheep are pretty dumb. Another thing I could add about many of us when it comes to trying to figure God out, sheep won't drink, but they are smart in one area, because they've learned not to drink, most of them, from running waters, because sheep will go to the water, and if it's rushing, they'll get further in, and before you know it, sheep have what around them? Wool. Have you ever put on a sweater and jumped in the swimming pool? So if the sheep get in so much, the running water fills them and they end up rolling down the, the water like a big cotton ball that's filled with water. And so you have this, that they need to have the, why do they go to still water? Because still water is the right water. And many of us need to stop going to the rushing waters of this world. The fear, the anxiety, the doubt, the uncertainty. We need to quit going to that rushing water, rushing water, rushing water, and get to the living water of Jesus Christ, the right water of who he is. And recognize exactly who he is. Jesus said this in John chapter 14. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Look at this verse here and embrace it right now. He said, I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Wait a second here. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He says, "I don't give as the world gives, and everything that I have seen in the world, particularly now, is about fear and uncertainty, and and just, um, just you know, just all kinds of things that are there. We are so, so just lost right now, and I get it." I get it from a personal perspective. I get it that when you, if you do go into a grocery store, that you see people that you love and have known that you usually would embrace, and you're keeping a a distance. I saw some people yesterday at Walmart, and they'd say, hey, and I'd say, get away from me, and I'd joke with them, like, get away from me. But that's where we are now. That's where we are in our world today, because there's a fear, and it's a righteous fear in some ways, but one of the things we need to recognize, we don't need to be consumed by the fear, because Jesus left us his peace, and he doesn't give as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't be afraid. You see, we need greener pastures to feed from. Some of us have been feeding every day, from social media accounts, every day from the news reports, and information is good. Do not get me wrong. I am an undergraduate journalism major, and we need to be informed, and we need to understand. We need to obey those things so that we can get this curve down. But so many of us have been feeding on what the world is giving that we're getting fat and and unhappy with what the world is giving us. When is the last time we have ever just fed on the word of God that we've just poured it into our spirit so that when I, can, when I am afraid, I can look and say, I can read, fear not, for I am with you. I can go ahead and I can look. I don't give to you as the world gives. I'm giving you peace. So don't be troubled and afraid because regardless of what happens, Jack, I am your good shepherd. I'm your shepherd. See, the green pastures are where the sheep feed. And when's the last time you just fed. No, I'm not talking about a morning devotion, which is important, that just has a blurb in it of Scripture, and then it goes in and tells a story. They're good. They are good. Don't get me wrong. But when have you just last opened up the Bible and just got in God's Word and just let him minister to you, let him touch your heart, let him speak to you, let him feed you so that you recognize no weapon formed against you will prosper, that you can not only just join a group called Unite 714, but you can believe it that when this stuff is on the earth, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then the promise of God is then I will hear from heaven. Then I will do this, and then I will hear their land. Do you believe it, are you feasting on it and feeding on the word of God, the greener pasture? That's what God wants to do. In our lives. The word for restore in Hebrew is actually the one that is actually what it means is return to the point of departure. And remember how I said sheep wander off? We wander off. Many of us need restoration right now. We need a green pasture. How do we get there? We turn to the word of God. Number three. My shepherd leads. My shepherd leads. Look at what it says here in the 23rd Psalm. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let me explain that to you. He leads me in right paths. There are a lot of paths and choices in our lives that we can take. There's a lot of paths and choices that we have taken. There are paths and choices that I have taken in my life that I'm not proud of. But I thank God that He got me back on the path. Melissa and I were watching a little bit of TV last night, and um, they had one of these truth ads, and they were celebrating a high school basketball star. And the high school basketball star—if you've seen this commercial—you know what I'm saying. They the crowd was cheering for him, and he came down, and he's like, thank you, this, is, this night is gonna be one of the best nights of my life, um, to be honored, and he said, and then next year I'm gonna go and play basketball, but I want to let you know that I will not be successful, because I will blow out my knee. And once I blow out my knee, I will go ahead and I will then get into painkillers. And after painkillers, I will get addicted to drugs, and I will eventually die. But that's how, okay. he said, apart from that, tonight is going to be the greatest night of my life from here on out. And Melissa and I sat there and watched that commercial and were like, wow. Does that mean he's destined to do that? No, but it just means how many people have had choices and paths that weren't for the namesake of God, but have been other paths and choices that we've taken. And we end up way off track of what God calls us to do. Some of, our tra- Some of our paths are good and right, and others are bad and destructive. The path that has God's name on it, that's the path to fulfillment, and that fullness of life that, our, that my good shepherd has said. Finding your path is, about, is, you, is one of the things that I've talked a lot about in the church over the last several months. Finding your path is not that we need you. I would love to have you connect and find your way in church. Does it make things easier here? Yeah, it does make the church, Universal and our local church, easier and and more streamlined if you're fulfilling the role God's called you to do. But it's not about Haven. It's not about me. It's not about I want so many people. It's about you're submitting your will, your plan to God's plan in life and living fulfilled in that life. You need to find the path that God has called you to. In John chapter 10, verses 35, it says, the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. You may wonder how. How do I connect? How do I live out this purpose in my life? By knowing his voice. And you say, well, how do I know that? By spending time with him. There are friends of mine that they call me. And they'll call me by a nickname or they'll just say something. And I'll know who they are just by hearing them. Because I've spent time with him. Back uh, several years before, well, the year before, a few months before Melissa and I were married. Um... (coughs) We were in Israel with a large group, and as we were in Israel, they took us to these shepherd's fields, the ones where the angels were singing glory, hallelujah, at Christ's birth, the shepherd's fields where David would have been into outside of of Bethlehem. And as we were out there, it was about dusk, about sundown. And when we got there, there were, we heard this, we started singing, there was a lady there. Um, named Carla. She was a professional singer. She sang Oh Holy Night. And as we looked up in the sky, it was one of those nights that was clear, and and the sunset looked beautiful and had some clouds coming up. It looked very angelic. And then Carla began to sing, and right up in the sky, it probably was a satellite because there weren't many stars, but hey, it was a star for me. It was right over Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, she started singing Oh Holy Night. All right? Something that that the greatest director in Hollywood couldn't have put together. And as we started, and we were singing that song, all of a sudden we heard ba 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 ba, and we started looking, and and then this little girl, she had a little little lamb in her hand, and all of a sudden, before we knew it, we were surrounded by a flock of sheep. And the shepherd who was just walking, and we saw the shepherd. He, there was this little lamb that was next to him, and everywhere he would walk, that lamb would, would go and would look at him, look down like this, but when the shepherd walked this way, that lamb just can't stay focused on him. Some of the older sheep would get to the fringe, and the shepherd would go, oh. all of a sudden, they'd come with him. And at that moment, every time I've read this section of scripture, I think of that. I think of how the, the reason why the sheep know the shepherd is because the shepherd and the sheep spent time together. You know, in Israel, and, and, and with shepherds, they would mix their sheep. They would go ahead and they'd be talking to other shepherds. They would mix and they would talk and they'd talk. And then all of a sudden what would happen is the shepherd would say, it's time to go. And one of them would go, yeah, whistle. And he'd start to go. And every single one, of his sheep would follow. Not one stayed with the other ones because they knew his voice. And in our world, so many of us are listening to the voices of other shepherds and other pastors, not the good shepherd that we're ending up in other flocks and we're off the path when we need to be like that little lamb that stayed focused on his shepherd and was willing to follow him wherever he went because he knew he was taken care of. He knew that his shepherd would lead him. Why do they know his voice? Because they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away because they do not recognize the other person and the stranger's voice. The next one my shepherd supports. Psalm 23 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Isn't that the greatest thing? that? And somebody needs to hear that now. That we're in this shadow of COVID, and many people are dealing with death because of it, and illness. Even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, it was a dark valley where often predators were around. Easy for a sheep to get picked off. It says, I'm not going to be afraid. Why? Because you are with me. Second Timothy says this, and Paul is writing about this, and it says in Second Timothy, it says, "No one came to to my support, but everyone deserted me." And some of us may feel that way at times in life. That some of your best friends that you thought were your best friends aren't around. Nobody checks in on you. But look what he says: "But the Lord stood by my side, and gave me strength." No matter whether everybody's all deserved you, he's your pastor. So you need to know that he's there. You need to know that he's there. I was just thinking, like I said, I have a lot of time to think right now, um, which I do a lot. But I was thinking about when my daughter Rachel was little. And when Rachel was sick, um, and with the other ones as well, but Rachel... And I had this kind of thing. Rachel would be really sick. And when you're sick in our house, we would let you sleep on the couch. Like when they were kids, they'd love to do that. Can I sleep on the couch? "Uh, Sure. And when you were really sick, we didn't want to leave you in there by yourself. Most of the time, Melissa was right there. But I remember Rachel was sick one night, and I wasn't tired. So I stayed up and stayed up there with her. And I I got the movie Night at the Museum. And if anybody's ever seen that with Ben uh, Stiller, It's it's a humorous little movie. And so we put that in. And when she was a little kid, it was our thing. And she was sick. But one of the things I think she knew is that her daddy was right there with her. Sometimes when we go through some of the most difficult things in life, it's just good to know our daddy's there. It's good to just know that no matter what, even though I'm walking through a, a dark valley right now, my shepherd's there. Even though our world is in a, in a confused, dark valley, our shepherd's here, and he loves us, and he wants to be there for us, watching over us at night. A couple more here. My shepherd protects. My shepherd protects. He defends me. Look what it says in 23rd Psalm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. What in, doesn't this seem like it's just out of sorts here? It says your rod and your staff, and many pastors have gotten this wrong. Notice that it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod was like a, one piece of a nunchuck. And it was it was a, it was like a, a club, and there've been some that have said that's been used to crack the sheep to get them in line, but the the rod was not really u- to be used for the sheep. The rod was for the enemy, because as a sheep going through, they're not afraid. A, a wolf is not afraid of a sheep, but he's afraid of the shepherd and his rod. The staff has a hook in it. So that when the sheep were wandering, particularly the little ones, they would grab them and kind of hook them back in to keep them close. But they had to be close to the shepherd in order to be reached by that. If they got too far out, they were susceptible to the enemy. Boy, will I preach a whole other sermon. That when we get too far removed from the body of Christ, from our shepherd, we are just out there for any enemy to take control But in some cases, the rod is just like a tap. Boom, come on, get over here. And even if the shepherd had to, to pull the little little lamb and he fell down, the shepherd would put the lamb on his neck. And he'd walk with him. And he'd take him into his house. So that, sh- that little lamb grew to love the shepherd more than anyone. He learned the shepherd's voice and learned everything about them. Correcting is never pleasant. Pulling us back off a path that we're going to is never pleasant. Again, I was thinking about my son Jacob, and some of you have heard the story several times. But when he was little, he slipped on a porcelain tub and cracked his chin open underneath. It split open, and we had to go to the hospital. And one of the things that they needed to do to keep him still was I had to hold his head. So if anybody's ever been a parent or been in that situation with someone that you love where you've had to do something, that for that moment, at that moment he was screaming and crying, yelling, no, daddy. At that moment, he didn't understand that what I was doing was helping him at that moment. And he didn't have the capability at that moment to do so. And breaking my heart to be able to, to put him through other agony, but knowing that what I was doing at that moment was helping him get better and get those stitches in, in his, his chin. Correcting is never wondered and wonderful and we're never like, yes, God's correcting me, hallelujah. It's never enjoyed. But it's needed. As the psalm said, which I think is very odd, all of a sudden, you prepare a table before me and my enemies. What? It's interesting that the grass, the green pastures, often had holes in it where snakes and vipers could be in. So what the shepherd would do is he'd walk around and he'd find the holes and he'd dump this oil in there so that, the, that the, uh, it would keep the snakes away. It's kind of like what people say, you put mothballs around your property. supposed to keep that. He also says here, what does it say? So he's not just making a table, but he's also saying, hey, go ahead and eat at the table because the enemies are all around you, but don't fear because I'm here to protect you. What is this thing about he anoints my head with oil? He anoints my head with oil? Sheep are dirty. And often when they're going around, flies around. And it's been known several times that flies would fly into the nostrils of the sheep. Several of them, some would come right back out, but some occasionally would go up and lay their eggs and larvae in the sinus cavity and in the nose of the sheep. The only thing the sheep could do, they can't just go up there and go to figure it out, sheep, it hurts so bad that what they would do, sheep would bang their heads, bang their heads, bang their heads, even to the point of death because of the pain that got up in there. And so what the shepherd would do is pour oil in there. It was kind of like a, repe- uh, a bug repellent to keep them away. What about this cup running over? Where did a cup come from? In the times back then, if you were invited at someone's house and they wanted you there, they'd keep filling up your cup. As long as the wine kept flowing, sounds like some of you probably this last couple of weeks, the wine's flowing. As long as the wine was flowing, you were welcome to stay. But when they, they didn't refill your cup, guess what? Time to go. And what David is saying here, I am always welcome in my father's house. I'm always welcome in my daddy's house and in the presence of God. In John 10, 11, Jesus said this. The good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. In John 10, 1, it says the thief, remember the thief comes in to rob and steal and kill and sneaks in. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The last thing I want to share with you today is this. My shepherd blesses. My shepherd blesses. Look at what it says here in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My favorite breed of dogs, I've always loved herding dogs. And we have two of them. We have an Australian Shepherd and we have a Border Collie. Um, I have a friend who says I'm like a Border Collie because I never sit still and I jump back down and I walk around the room and I pace. Um, and he's very right. Uh, that's how I am. and Maybe that's why I like this breed so much. But, you know, Shepherds are not alone. They have these Border Dogs, Border Collies and Australian Shepherds. And it's interesting the last couple the several days this week when it was nice, we went for a walk, and our puppy, she's just a year old, Sadie, is a border collie, and she is high strung um, and so she's used to we let her out on the leash she runs she she, she listens really well, um, a little bit flighty at times, but I had her on a leash, and she kept pulling. Kept pulling, kept pulling, and, I, and she had the harness around her, and she was pulling, because she wasn't used to the leash. And so I'd have to pull back, and I'd say, easy, easy. I'd pull back, easy, and she try to pull, and I'd go, easy. And after doing that, for a little bit of the way, I got her really close to me. It was one of the retractable leashes, and she would go ahead, and then I'd let her lead. I'd let her go a little bit further, and I'd say, easy, and she'd slow down. I'd say, easy, and she'd slow down. But when when she was out in the lead, she goes like this. Baby, the Australian shepherd, stays right here next to you. Now what's interesting, I know from having our first border collie, Maggie, um, years ago, Maggie, when the kids were little, I'd go, Maggie, round them up. And she'd dart, and she'd nudge them and get them all collected. And I started thinking about this. You know, surely goodness and mercy are the border collies of this verse. They're the ones who, when we start to get out of path, we, we got to focus on the goodness of God and the mercy that he's given to us to get us back in line and get us back into the flock and get us back following the shepherd. And that's what we need. And, and in Hebrews, it kind of wraps all this up by saying, may the God of peace, through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. Notice it says, everything good. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be all glory forever and ever. Amen. So what do we do? I thought of several different things that I wanted to say here. And I came the one i started thinking about that verse i know my sheep and my sheep know me the goal of the series is to cut through the stuff and find out who jesus is and what he did jesus crucified so what i want i want you to know my shepherd i want you to embrace Who he is. I want you to recognize that my shepherd provides, that my shepherd restores, that my shepherd leads, that my shepherd supports, that my shepherd protects, and my shepherd blesses. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I'm not done here. I don't feel like I'm done on this earth. But no matter what happens, it's okay. Because I will dwell in the house of my shepherd forever. That's what I need. And that's what i got to be assured of. And that he has me in all this. And so when I was thinking about the last song today, one song rang to the front of my mind based off of an old hymn that was written by somebody who, it was not a good point in his life. His family had drowned in a boating accident. And yet, he penned the words, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, that's taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And so, is it well with you today? Let's worship God one more time in song today as online church, and let us sing, it is well. just like that little lamb in in Israel, through it all, his eyes were on the shepherd. No matter what this world has for us, through it all, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. As Paul said, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we're going to finish this race, and it's going to be good, but don't lose sight of your shepherd. And may you get to know my shepherd the way I do. Be sure to go ahead and just connect um, once again through text, uh, email. We want to continue to build that list so that we can connect with everybody when we have special uh, announcements, special um, s- special things happening. Um, we want to get that to you uh, quickly. We won't bombard you, not a sales thing, but just uh, important information. Um, also, uh, make sure that you um, can. Continue to give um, to uh, Miriam's table, or if you want to give online, you can go ahead and do that. And thank you again for all those things. You guys are awesome and really making a difference in in the world. Um, also, make sure that we the other announcements that we went through today the the Sunday school, the Bible studies connect with those things. Connect with each other um, in every way, every way you can. At a distance, obviously, uh, for now. Um, Next week, we're going to continue our series, and it is, Who is Jesus? And he's coming again. And come quickly, Lord Jesus. We, we cannot wait for that, uh, for you to go ahead so we don't have the struggles and trials, but we can be with you. And mostly love those who are around you. Pray for those who are struggling in our world with health and all the other kinds of situations. But most of all, recognize that through it all, through it all, um, as the old Andre Krauss song sang, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God because it is well no matter what happens. Have a great week. God bless you. Um, hug somebody virtually. There we go. God bless. Have a great week.